a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Uh, now, even though uh, we do uh, we do kind of typecast a little bit on Mana, you know, we we look for these just kind of ordinary guys of, of faith. Uh, we actually have been blessed uh, to have a pretty wide range of of what an ordinary man of faith looks like, uh, from middle aged married guys to uh, elder wise sages. Uh, we've even had you know kind of up and coming kind of college guys on the show. Uh, we've really kind of run the gamut on life stages, and we've heard some great reflections or projections on what faith has done uh, or is promises to do in the life of the guests who have inspired us. Uh, uh, and today's guest fits uh, some of the molds of those past guests. Uh, our guest today comes from a great uh, Midwestern family, uh, great roots. Um, he, he was a successful high school, college, and uh, professional uh, athlete. And we've actually had a couple of those as I was going back. We've been kind of, kind of, a, kind of the ESPN vibe here, um, and uh, and he's got a core group of of real and and figurative uh, brothers uh, that have been with him through thick and thin, uh, and like and like most guests, he is much smarter than me. Uh, this guy is a PhD uh, with a successful career ahead of him uh, that has something to do with chemistry and just very smart science stuff that I just politely nod and say, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, and as my liberal arts background is just spinning uh, in my head. So, uh, and of course, by nature of him being on this show, uh, he has a thread of faith that runs through everything that he does. Um, but uh, there are actually two big differences with today's guest than any of the other guys that we've had on the show. First, he is our first guest of MANA uh, who is actually engaged to be married at the time of this taping. Uh, and so now down the road, if uh, MANA is still around in a couple of years, people will be listening and be like, hey, wait a minute, he's been married for two years. Well, at the time of this, tonight as we're talking, he's in the midst of uh, everything that goes into into a wedding, so the, all of the ticky-tacky planning stuff uh, and all of the really deep, cool, sacramental stuff about thinking about how he's going to live out his vocation as a husband for the rest of his life. So that's really cool. Uh, and the second big difference is that today's guest isn't just reflecting or projecting ahead about his faith, uh, but he's actually working it um, as an adult uh, which he is, with a lot of other things going on in his life, uh, including all of the uh, aforementioned wedding planning. Uh, our guest is in the final weeks of going through uh, something called RCIA, which uh, a lot of you know uh, what that is. But for those that don't, it's basically um, it's basically a, a it's an adult kind of confirmation process for the Catholic tradition. Okay, uh, and it's very cool. But there's nothing casual about it. Okay, this is like this is like going back to school for nine months 
um, because you care so much about your faith that you're that you want to actually take this on. So we're going to talk about that tonight, um, uh, and because it's so admirable and it really signals a lot of the things that makes this guest uh, remarkable to me. So anyway, I can't wait for you to meet uh, this guy who I have also kind of fairly recently met and have been getting to know myself. Uh, please welcome today's Mana Man. Uh, Mr. or I should say Dr. Dr. Kyle Kingsley. Hello, Hi. Kyle. How are you? Uh, I am great. Does anybody call you Dr. Kingsley? No. <laughs> no. I'm pretty casual with it. I sign emails Kyle Kingsley PhD, but that's it. about it. Okay. Yeah. I, got it. I, got it. I worked with somebody years ago. Uh, and you know, I'm just like a rando business person. So but but this person that I was over with actually had gone back to school to get their PhD. <laughs> and she was insistent that people call her doctor, like yeah. doctor. And I, t- and I was just some young punk kid. And, and and at the time, I was like, okay, you're not a doctor, <laughs> like you're like because in my mind, doctors were like you know, like they operate on you. Right. Like she got her like PhD in like whatever food science or something yeah. weird. Like, okay, whatever <laughs> doctor. But anyway, you go to school that long, I guess you can ask to be called that. <laughs> well, that I think my brother actually said that because he he's got his PhD in education. He's like, listen, he's like. I put in the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you what to come away. But anyway, it's great <laughs> to have you on the show, and uh, it's been great getting to know you over the last few weeks. And for the listeners, um, just full disclosure, uh, Kyle and I met through RCIA, um, and uh, and so it's been a short, shorter uh, relationship, but one that you know we've got the benefit. Whenever you're meeting somebody, kind of in that sort of church kind of context, I feel like you just. The, the root system grows deeper, faster. So it's been yeah. great to get to know you, and it's really great to have you on tonight. And so with the RCIA thing, you know, that is something that I mentioned that does make you a little bit unique in terms of the, the guests. I mean, we've had a lot of guests, myself included, uh, who have gone through RCIA. And so we'll talk about that, um, but, I don't, but I don't want to talk about it maybe in, in the conventional sense, because to me, what makes you so cool and and, and and related to RCAA is that the choice that you made to go to take this on because like I mentioned this is not an un, this is not a this isn't like an online class you know what I mean that you just basically pay twenty nine bucks and get right. some kind of you know thing I mean you, there's a big commitment that you're making along with your fiance and and to me that signals a foundation uh, that was set long ago um, that you care enough about your faith. To actually go through this, and so that's kind of where I want to start. Talk to me, talk to all of us about uh, what was it like growing up, and and we'll eventually get to all the stuff now about getting married and say yeah. we'll get to that later. <laughs> we got we got a bunch of tape here, uh, so we can talk all night. But let's start from the beginning. Where, what was it like growing up in in uh, in North Dakota with the family? You know, was 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 church faith was that a big part of growing up? Yeah, I would say it definitely was. We were. Um, pretty regular church girl goers. Uh, I wouldn't say the most religious family that I knew. Um, but if we were in town not playing sports or have tournaments, whatever, then we would go to church most Sundays. Um, and it, it really was never a drag for me. It was always fun. I had friends in all my Sunday school classes. We got our first Bibles there. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was really awesome. And then we'd have events during the week where you'd go into the church and it's all empty and dimly lit and you 
kind of play hide and seek in there. And it was just really fun to just be around the church. Really cool. Um, And then in fifth grade, we switched from Presbyterian to Lutheran um, just because we had more friends Hmm. at that church, um, which really kind of solidified my faith a little bit more even just having that group of friends that I could kind of go to church with, see with, or be there with, um, going through confirmation, first communion. So it was just, it was just fun. So like fifth grade, so, and, um, so I'm trying to think, fifth grade's like, what, 11 or 12 years old. Do you remember enough at the time about, because it's interesting now that you're, kind of going through kind of this sort of orientation of the Catholic tradition, because it's all Christian, but now you're kind of in the the Catholic sort of lane. Do you remember um, perceiving any differences from like how church kind of ran from the Presbyterian tradition to the Lutheran tradition? I remember the Presbyterian services were so much more dry than the Lutheran ones. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was... A lot of old men in their Sunday best, <laughs> and the women were in their dresses, and it was just very stiff okay. in the actual church. I okay. hated going to the actual okay. service. So I, I always really enjoyed the Sunday school part, because we're playing games up there, we're having fun, but yeah. learning at the same time. It's yeah. They The Sunday school teachers really did a nice job of making it fun while still teaching a lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the on the opposite side of that, on the Lutheran services, we get there and it's basically just a concert for the whole hour. <laughs> They've got all kinds of musicians, yeah. um, awesome vocals. It was really fun. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, I was like, okay, what are we learning here? You know? <laughs> so it was the just two ends of the spectrum, I yeah, would say. Yeah, that's cool. So, so you go through, so you, you, so you get sort of like, you know, kind of confirmed in, in kind of the Lutheran tradition. Sounds like a really active, you know, set of friends and and probably a great, you know, I, I grew up Lutheran as well, and like our youth group was amazing. You know, I mean, yeah. one of these cool trips and camping and we went to concerts and like, I mean, it was my social life. You know, right. so I'm sure that was the same for you. So then you go off to college, and so now. And you're too humble to admit it, so I'll just say it for you. But you're a big-time baseball player, okay? You're like a stud. And so you go, you get recruited, you go play D1 ball, you're playing baseball, you're a pitcher. How did your faith, how did all of those sort of like <clears throat> sort of um, pieces of your faith puzzle at the time uh, in high school, how did they translate or transfer when you went to college? Did they... Did they stick around, or did it? Did you? Did it? Did they lose a little bit of their importance just because? I mean, you're you weren't just a normal college student. You know what I mean? You had like a lot of stuff, a lot of cool stuff going on. You a know? lot going on, yeah. Um, I would say my faith stayed relatively constant, uh, transitioning from high school to college. Um, my senior year of high school, my mom and I actually taught a Sunday school class together, uh, so that kind of introduced me to the other side of Sunday school. Um, which was, it was cool. It was fun to see the kids kind of grasp the concept that Mm -hmm. you're teaching for the week. Um, so that actually transferred into, uh, my freshman and sophomore years of college. Uh, one of my high school friends was the youth director at the church on the North side of town. 
And he asked if I would fill in and be a Sunday school teacher. And I'm like, that's cool. In yeah. college, were you in college? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So my first two years, I was a fourth and fifth grade Sunday school teacher. Wow. Um, so I made it during the off season and then uh, weekends we had home games. I would teach Sunday school in the morning. Right, so and you had to be like the coolest Sunday school teacher in the world. I mean, these <laughs> kids, here's this big stud baseball player. I mean, seriously, well, you think of like the normal Sunday school teacher, that had to be so great yeah. for those kids. And I mean, fun for you just to kind of get off campus. and Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a nice way to just kind of stay in touch with the church and, yeah. and still attend every week. And that was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so I know because we've we've kind of talked about this because I I, just, I love your whole story, and, and so I know then after college, then then now it's time to go play like baseball. Now it's like this is what you've been kind of you know building up for, and so you find yourself, um, and I'm not going to tell the whole story because I'd like you to tell, but you find yourself basically in a very um, not completely isolated, but you're definitely ventured out on your own. Uh, to now pursue this 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 dream of playing pro baseball, talk a little bit about about where you ended up, and 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 then bringing it back to the point of this show, kind of the role that faith played in. If fairly, I mean, you really stuck your neck out. I mean, you really like ventured out. I mean, it wasn't like Jesus going into the desert for 40, <laughs> 40 days, but you basically, I mean, this was a you know. Yeah, it was kind of a version of that. So t talk a little bit about kind of that life after college. It was, yeah. Um, so once baseball and college wrapped up, I wasn't ready to give up the dream. So I was uh, working at a warehouse, just putting scaffolding together all day. And I remember on a Friday afternoon, I got a call to come down to New Mexico and play baseball. And my roommate actually got the same call. So okay. we decided to drive down there. We left Saturday and just packed up a bag and left. And <laughs> the so scaffolding it, company was like, "We're out of here." <laughs> yeah, I called <laughs> called my boss, left a message, said, "I've got this great opportunity to play baseball. I'm yeah. not going to be at work on Monday." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I've never talked to him since. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, it was just kind of a a blind leap of faith that yeah. this is the path I'm supposed to go on. This is the process that I'm supposed to partake and mm -hmm. just kind of trusted God's plan that this is where I was supposed to go next. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So was it scary at all? And, 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 and to clear, to put it a little bit more around that. I mean, a lot of times when people kind of venture out and get into some un, unfamiliar spaces, whether it's with work or relationship or whatever, you know, the role that faith can play is either this, this sort of like grounding device or this sort of like source of comfort, or it ends up being something that, you know, and, and a lot of times we don't even know what we do it, but we just sort of put it in the back burner because we're, we feel like we're so in kind of triage mode of just life, you know, yeah. and so that you kind of forget it. In fact, I remember... And now I'm going to totally hack this quote, but it, it, was a, it was an Abraham Lincoln quote. I think around, I think around the Civil War times, maybe not, but the, but it goes something like, you know, I, I've often found myself on, at the end of the day, I've often found myself on my knees because I had nowhere else to go, mm. which is just beautiful when yeah. you think about it. And so, so what was it like for you? So in the face of this sort of like 
scary new territory, like literally new territory. I've never even been to New Mexico. I couldn't even tell you what it is. Like, where did you find your faith showing up or maybe not showing up? Yeah. Um, this is kind of where my faith shifted a little bit. Uh, we didn't really have time for attending actual services or masses or anything. Um, so really my faith was just kind of in my surroundings. Mm-hmm. It would be when we're driving to games, just kind of look out the window and just have time to reflect really yeah. and how incredible this opportunity is. I have the ability to just drop everything, basically go across the country and pursue a dream that I've had since I was yeah. four years old. Um, and just look at this amazing scenery that we don't have in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, God is so great. How did you have, you know, cause I think that's just awesome. And, 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 um, and I'm not questioning it, but I think a lot of guys that, that, you know, would have maybe found themselves in that place of, of basically kind of paying off years of work. You know, you, you had, by the time you were pursuing this, you had put in literally so many, you know, hundreds, thousands of hours of practice time and sacrifice and driving to games and being in leagues and your parents, the same thing. And, and so, and to, to reach that level of, 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 uh, you know, whatever ability, you know, I think a lot of times people, feel like, you know, like they did it, like it was on them, you know, I achieved this, you know, mm-hmm. and it sounds like as you're talking about this, that you always, even when you were talking about, you know, blowing off the scaffolding guy, you're like, hey, this is a blessing that, you know, I need to pursue. So does that, that's, I think that's great. And that, so you always kind of felt like there was that, you know, this wasn't really about, I mean, obviously, you worked very hard to get to this point, but it sounds like you've always had that sense of, appreciation and gratitude that this was just really kind of a gift for you to experience. Yeah, definitely. I would say I realized early on in college that I'm not the most athletic, Mm. but I am skilled at what I'm doing here and Mm -hmm. that's pitching. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really just had an appreciation and thank God that I had this ability uh, that just led me all over the country. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I knew it wasn't me because if it was, it was if it was up to me, I would just fall short. Mm-hmm. You know, so God gave me that ability and let me harness that ability and practice my skill. And that's awesome. Yeah, it took me all over. So, so let's fast forward then. So you have this little adventure, and and now you know. Many things happen. You make it back to Minnesota, and again, we're we're bypassing a lot of, I'm sure, very interesting interesting things. Um, and you're engaged. So now, uh, and again, we've there's a lot of the a lot of water that's that's passed <laughs> under the bridge. Yeah. But I I kind of want to kind of kind of come up to around kind of current times. How with such a consistent and active, you know, faith life. Okay. Um, what, what sort of now either, um, was, was the RCA thing and, and the, and the whole, like, like another sort of like, um, chapter of your faith, was it sort of provoked by, you know, the engagement and now, okay, I'm, I'm entering into this next stage or, um, was it something that, 
you know, was it more sequential? Like, you know, you, you know, find somebody you fall in love with, and this is how I want to spend the rest of my life. Mm. And then, you know, like, how did that? How did how did that? How how is that either connected or not? Yeah, I would say um, it's all connected to all the above, and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually gonna backtrack a little bit, um, and just kind of preface this next part with really kind of fell off of my faith mm. during grad school. Mm. Um, that was just kind of a, a place where I felt I was being left behind in life compared to my friends who were off getting jobs and moving away. And here I am still in Fargo at the same school we all went to. And yeah. I've just got such a long path. And I just, at the time, felt kind of hopeless. It's like, why did I put myself in this yeah. situation? Yeah. Um, so I, I really kind of during that time in my life had a, this is on me, I'm doing this, just gratitude for myself yeah. in, in doing this PhD, not really thinking about what an opportunity it is mm-hmm. to set myself up for the future, yeah. not thanking God yeah. for making me smart and like chemistry. Right, right, um, right. So I, it, was, it was a very selfish time. I would say in my life. It's interesting. Do you think it was because so much of like when we, when you think of like, and I'm not bashing PhDs, but just that whole intellectual kind of pursuit, it is, it does seem to be a little bit more individual than like when you think of like a, you know, baseball team, I mean, it's yeah. a team, you know, you've right. got eight other guys, you've got, you know, and so you've got that support network. Was it that you felt a little bit more, it was it more isolation, like an isolated experience for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, playing baseball, we had a very tight knit group of seven, eight guys. We would go to Bible studies during the week. We all kind of had the same values in life and really just held each other accountable mm-hmm. and showing up each week. And then I get to grad school. Now baseball's done. My structure in my life is much less structured. Yeah. Um, and I was actually the only only person in my class for grad school. So I didn't have other classmates going through the same classes oh. as me. Um, I was friends with the other people in my department, but they had a group, five of them came in, and they're just doing um, movie nights together, hanging out on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have that connection. So yeah, I'd say it was a lot of, myself yeah. just kind of not having that kind of left that here, support left, yeah left here you know kind of devices, yeah. yeah not to have a pity party or anything but you just kind of lost that mm-hmm. that support group that you had that yeah you really had a lot of the same values mm-hmm. you know yeah. well no i'm actually and i'm actually reading a book now um and i can never remember the name of it but it's an amazing book and it talks it kind of profiles all these different saints and 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 one of the passages that I just got done reading was about, and this isn't the word it used, but it was basically about the, the kind of the codependence that humans have on each other. Like we need each other, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And we need each other because God didn't design us to be completely like independently self-sustaining. You know what right. I mean? If he wanted us to be able to like get through this whole life just on our own without ever needing our neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. then he would have like, he could have done that. Like he could have just, right. <laughs> he kind of was in control, Yeah, but he didn't, he designed us to actually. And so the whole love thy neighbor thing isn't just a, a suggestion. It's actually like 
required, you know, right. to kind of get through life. So, exactly. so how did you, how did you spin out of this, you know, kind of where you found yourself pursuing the PhD? What got you out of it? Yeah. Um, now we'll fast forward and enter Candace, okay. my fiance. Um, I just met her. Um, my college roommate is actually married to her sister. So we've known each other for a while. Um, things never really lined up on the interest of mm-hmm. one party to the other. Um, but finally it did. Um, and I remember just going to church with her um, more often. And that was more than I've gone to church in years. Cool. You know, so it was awesome. And then... So uh, those were like like your dates? Like when you date, you actually go to church together? I would come down and I'd stay at her parents' house and uh, we would go to church at St. Bart's. Yeah. Um, and I remember, I think the first time I went to St. Bart's was for an Easter service. And I leaned over to Candace and the band was playing and they had the choir there. And I was like, I'd become Catholic for this. <laughs> and this was, it was pretty early on too. So it's, we weren't really talking about marriage or yeah. anything, but I just, I walked into that place and I heard Father Mike preach and yeah. I was just like, yeah, this just, That's it cool. feels right. That's cool. Yeah. So, so then sequentially then, how did, so then you get engaged and then how does the, cause, cause, and again, I've got the luxury of, of knowing, you know, both you and Candace in this kind of context, but it's so cool to, 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 to see you guys going through this process, obviously not only the engagement together and duh, but for RCA together you yeah. know, and to hear you know, and and even for Candace, who grew up, you know, kind of in in the in the Catholic Church, to 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 see, because I know that happened for Betsy, my wife, what, when we went through it together, when I went through it, and she was my sponsor. Like, there's almost this re appreciation, even for people like Candace and Betsy, who were who grew up in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And so it's so cool to see you guys experiencing it uh, together. Yeah, it's been an awesome experience to go through this with Candace. Um, we started talking once we kind of realized that we were gonna get engaged and be married. Then we, well, we had this conversation beforehand. It's kind of a big deal, but we decided that we wanted to raise a family under the same denomination. Mm-hmm. And so she was open to. She's like, "Well, we could try out Lutheran, and you know." Not shop around, but, mm-hmm. you know, just... <laughs> a little test drive. <laughs> yeah, see what our options are. Um, but I said, I, I really like St. Bart's. Yeah. And I... Not that you should become Catholic for a father, one location. Yeah. You should be Catholic for the the whole yeah, faith, right, right, the right. whole religion, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but I said, yeah, I'll give this a shot. I want to be the same denomination um, that you are. I want all of us to go to church as a family in the future, and that's the most important thing for me. Yeah. And so uh, for this RCIA process, um, one of their introductory kind of classes is Discovering Christ. Uh, I think it was six weeks, and it's just a chance to kind of hear different topics and then break apart in small groups and really dive a little bit deeper mm-hmm. into that. And I just remember it's almost this analogy was actually brought up in the class. It was, it was like you're living in the Wizard of Oz at the very beginning mm-hmm. when it's gray, and that's just kind of your life yeah. without Jesus. Yeah. 
And I just clicked with that so much. I was like, the past five years, I just feel like going through the motions and just kind of that's it. And really this class just brightened my whole day up. I'm living in color now, you know, and it's, I remember that so vividly. And it's just Mm -hmm. such a great feeling because it sparks so, so many deep conversations um, not only in our small group, but between Candace and myself mm-hmm. after church, and really opened my eyes to practicing on a daily basis what we learn mm-hmm. and not just check a box. Yeah, yeah. So it's been awesome. That's great. I love that. I love that Technicolor um, reference because that is so true. And, and once you, and, and kind of like in The Wizard of Oz, you know, uh, once they go to color, like you can't ever imagine going back. Right. Like, can you imagine if that show ever would have went back to black? Oh. It'd be like the worst movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, that's so true. It's and been it, it's, awesome. It's so great. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we are. Uh, we're actually at the. Um, we're at the fun segment portion of the show, and so this is, um, as you know, um, and as everybody knows who's been listening, this is where we ask the same three questions to every guest. And, uh, and get their wonderful answers that they've had plenty of time to prepare for. So uh, without any further ado, we're going to jump into fun segment question uh, number one, which is, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, what would you do with him? Yeah. The first thing I'd probably say is, do you have the right house? <laughs> <laughs> What did I do wrong? Why are you here? <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Am I in trouble? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but once I got over that shock, I would just have so many questions. Yeah. I'd, I would just want to have some alone time with him and just talk and just thank him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going out of the house, I think I would love to take him to political rallies. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, cause I just see the polarity not to get too political, but mm. just for how polar people are today, yeah. I just want to point to Jesus and be like, this is the true importance. Yeah. You know, I it doesn't that. matter yeah. what side you believe politically. Mm-hmm right here i love that and you think of like all of the stories in the bible about jesus like you know calming the waters or 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 you know bringing peace to the i mean that is i think that's great just to be able to just sort of like all right everybody let's all chill out here right you know i've asked that question so many times um well I've, i've asked it to all of our guests and i never i never really project an answer or think about an answer until they actually give it. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, when I was thinking about you coming on the show and just how excited I am for you and Candace, I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool, just given this, where you are right now as you're you know, anticipating you know, your, your wedding and this awesome life, wouldn't it be cool to sit down with Candace, with Jesus, yeah. and get like... It's like the best pre-marriage counseling ever. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't that be wild? Just that would to be like incredible. Because you know, as much as we talk about the sacraments and what they mean, and obviously the sacrament of marriage, which is so wonderful, but how cool would it be to actually have that time with Jesus? Oh, to talk about wow. It? Isn't that wild. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
That would oh, be awesome. All right. Fun segment question number two. Um, and we didn't even really get a chance to talk about a lot of guy role models, which I, which uh, we just we, we got swept off uh, in, in in our other conversations. So this might be an opportunity to bring in one of them. But uh, fun segment question number two: If you could go to church uh, with any other guy, living or dead, uh, famous or not, you, you know, you wouldn't even have had to have known this man. But the uh, the only condition is it's got to be a guy, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to go to church. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, you know, I actually. Went back and forth on this answer. Do I want to go with somebody who is so much more knowledgeable than me? Or do I want to go with somebody who's not as strong in the faith, Mm -hmm. who doesn't believe, if at all, Mm -hmm. you know? And so my my final answer is I'm going to go with my brother, my younger brother. Um, Just because I don't think he's that strong in the faith. I don't think he makes it a priority. Mm. Um, and I don't want to lecture him on it. I just want to bring him with yeah. and just see what he thinks and just kind of crack the door open mm-hmm. for him. I so, think that's cool. Yeah. I think that's cool. And I think a lot of times, you know, and, and the whole sort of, uh, you know, conceit here with manna, and largely because I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, is that it's just kind of just everyday ordinary things that might be able to just, you know, it's kind of just scratching the surface a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. not necessarily having to go super long or deep on things, you yeah. know, because, you know, like I'm not, I'm not qualified to do that. Um, but you know, if you, um, it's kind of like, I've, I've thought of it too, is like, you know, you kind of open up a little, a window, you know, just a crack in the window and then the Holy Spirit just kind of like wind kind of just sort of seeps in. Yeah. You just kind of let it. And I think that, exactly. could, I think that could happen, you know, yeah. like with your brother. That's cool. Cool. All right. And last question, fun segment, question number three. Uh, if you could uh, give a piece of advice to any, uh, any younger man, so think of like, you know, I don't know, like middle school or something in high school, mm-hmm. something like that, um, about, about, you know, basically living how you're living, you know, living this, this life of faith that is, it's just, it's kind of part of you, and yet it's never taken for granted. I mean, evidenced by how you're living now. It's like you're, you're prioritizing it, you're confident in it, you know, you're not, you know, you're not pushing people off by it, um, but it's something that is just obviously, you know, a really cool part of your essence. What 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 piece of advice could you give a younger man a little further upstream to yeah. kind of get him set off on the right path? I think my advice would be twofold. Uh, the first one being just find a group of friends that you trust that have the same values as you and just go to a youth class at at your church, you know, ask questions. That's my part 1A, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Ask questions, yeah. you know, cuz if you're too scared to ask, then you're not going to fully learn and comprehend. Um and that leads me to the second part of the answer is just be mindful on a day-to-day basis of what you do learn. Try to practice that. Yeah. You don't get better at stuff at stuff that when you don't practice. So practice every day, have a support group uh, that you can uh, be comfortable talking about these things with. Um, and I think you can really just grow exponentially yeah. if you do that. Practice. Spoken, uh, 
Spoken like a true athlete. Practice. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I love it. Kyle Kingsley, thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.